welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Good stuff. Hi. Um, we're a cruise family. Yeah, we're, we're cru- cruise life. It's good. Cruise, uh, cruise shit. We love cruise. It was really good. We got 75% off the, the, pri- the for thing. So, I mean, it was cheaper to go away. <laughs> Not really, but it was close. Um, excellent. Good to see you. I'm just going to get myself sorted because I thought something else was happening, but it's not. So it's good. I thought there was going to be a dance or an item or something. <laughs> Remember those? They were good for a season. <laughs> nah, nah. Nah, they're, they're good. I think I was in one once. Um, remember that song, a light, Life House, Lighthouse, Life House, with everything, my everything, everything? That's a good one. If you haven't seen that one, YouTube that one. Everything. Everything? Maybe type into YouTube, everything, church, drama. Skit. Yeah, it's powerful. I used to sing that too back in the day. No, no, it's a really great song. Um, so good. Good to be back. Good to see you. I'll, I'll start preaching in a couple of minutes, okay? Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Rest is a big deal. Um, the cool thing about rest is, obviously, there's intentionality with rest and pausing and stopping, um, but the Lord's called us into a life of rest, uh, a heart posture of rest, and rest is not inactivity because we're called and created to do good works. So we're called to much. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And often we'll think, okay, well, the works is the stuff. And then I pause that to rest. But that's not kingdom rest. Like rest is a heart posture that can remain through it all, which I think is amazing. Like hope can remain through it all. Joy available through it all. Peace, hope and joy is available through it all. Rest is available through it all. There's something about rest and understanding that it's not inactivity, but it's a heart posture that really anchors our soul. Like it allows us to trust. What's the fruit of trust? Peace. How do we get trust? Connection. Intimacy. So we have connection intimacy, which leads to trusting. Because trust is really observing and experiencing consistent behavior over a period of time. So when we spend time with the Lord, we develop this connection, this intimacy, this relationship, this fellowship, which is beyond just time, it's depth, it's, it's spirit to spirit, fellowship, heart on heart, life on life. And when that happens, trust happens because it's consistent behavior, there's consistent habits that I'm forming over a period of time. And when, when trust happens, the fruit of trust is peace. When I trust the pilot, there's peace. I'm not sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have peace on a plane 
If I've heard some wild conversations of the pilot in the cubicle next to me before the flight. <laughs> so there, there's, there, there's this, the peace of God comes when we develop trust. And trust comes through connection. And there's, there's constant invitations to experience these things because I don't know about you, but we, we get sucked into the pattern of this world and we just put a whole bunch of stuff in different boxes that are kind of linked, but we kind of separate them. And we put kingdom in like this big overarching box that we, we get and we're Christians, and we're like, yes, Lord, yes. <laughs> and then we've got church, which is the way the kingdom is expressed on the earth. It's the primary way, through people. And then we've got all of our stuff, which I won't go into again too much, but I feel like the Lord is inviting us into more of a rhythm and more of a, an understanding that he wants to be more present and more involved and more active through it all. And it's challenging because... <laughs> it's challenging because... There's wirings and neural pathways and patterns and, and experiences and things that we develop, habits that, like, when things aren't going good. I know that's so elementary. It's, of course, we're not happy when things are going bad. But we're, we're, we're wired so much to avoid pain and discomfort that we're not, we're, it's not enjoyable to go through stuff. It's not enjoyable to want to see stuff and we don't see it. It's not enjoyable to have prophetic words, even seven of them that all match and my life looks opposite. <laughs> That's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable when you're called to healing, but everyone's dying around you. Like it's, like you're called to minister healing and family's sick. And the questions. And that I'm not sure how it's going to work out, which spirals us into not having trust and then not having peace. And the whole world wants peace. But the world's peace is in the absence of war. That's what the dictionary, I think if you look it up, it's like the absence of war. But Bible peace, God peace, Prince of peace, Jesus is in the middle of chaos. That's what peace means. In the middle of chaos. Shalom, which is a covenant name of God that goes through the cross and is manifested in Jesus. Because God, Son, Spirit are peace. Like they are peace. And Jesus has said the peace that you have is not the one the world gives, it's the one that I give, John 14, 27. 
I don't know where I'm at. But it's a massive deal. This, where was I? Where was I? Peace, yeah. Well, that's easy, isn't it? World's peace, God's peace, that's okay. We'll have a look. Keep, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yep, great, yep. Sweet. Yeah, so peace, it's a, it's a big deal. Because we all want peace. So he wants, he wants, he's inviting us into being aware of his presence in it all. And invite, yeah, because we want to run from when things aren't lining up or aren't enjoyable. It's, I won't say natural, but it's easy. There's vulnerabilities there. There's sensitivities there. There's, it's easier to run away than respond and invite him in and respond to it with him and claim promises. It's, it feels easy to run away. It feels way harder to invite him in and to process promises and invite him in and allow my mind to change and to grow. <laughs> I, said, we, I messaged Mel this morning. I said, um, I saw a quote. It said, um, worship leading primarily is worshiping to Jesus first and the room second. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking that on preaching as well. Like, like, I want my affection to be towards the Lord first and you guys are second. And I messaged Mel and there was a bit of encouragement. And I'm like, I wrote to her. I said, why don't I just read it? I said, um, I won't read what else you wrote, Nana. Um, <laughs> um, you are the greatest speaker I've ever, the greatest pastor. I am in debt to, oh, Mel, stop. It's so long. No, I'm kidding. It's a lie. Um, I'm, I'm looking as if I need glasses. Um, <laughs> I said, oh yeah, I said, I said that, and then she wrote, yes, I have had, can I do this? Um, I have had this thought going through my mind heaps while leading recently, three exclamation points. So good. Ha ha, so good, dot, dot, dot. Then I, that's, this is me. I, I think it's harder to get into that mindset of God first, then leading the room second. Um, I think it's, Harder to get into that mindset and heart posture while leading. But once we do it, it's way easier to lead because we're not worrying about what people think of us. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. So it's like, yeah, like all the stuff that we're constantly confronted with, it's not enjoyable, it's not easy, it's not nice, but we'll, per we'll be perpetually in it if we don't invite him in. So he wants to take us from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, like growing, increment, maturity. Like that's part of the deal. Come on, I'll, yeah, not come on you, but um, come on this. Um, but maturing, growing, becoming. Let's not forget that the plan and the goal is becoming like Jesus. Romans 8. 27 to 30 it's like oh, he, he he foreknew you and the goal is you becoming like Jesus let's not forget that that's the goal and not just positionally because positionally you have been like you have been salvation sozo saved whole 
delivered. Done. Done. Saved, whole, delivered. Sozo, Greek word for salvation, done. He's after wholeness. I love the leper. The leper got healed and Jesus said, you've been healed, natural healing. Right? They got healed. One went back and thanked him. What does the Bible say? Different word for healed, sozo. So he was physically healed on the first time. One of them went back, 10 lepers, Matthew, went back and thanked Jesus. He said, faith, great. You've been made whole, sozo. So there's this, this, our life, this Christian life, is about becoming like Jesus. And this whole season of allowing God to build me and work in me, how do we do that? It's through his word. It's through his voice. And it's through his presence. It's through his word. We can't know what he's saying if we don't know what he's said. So Matthew 6, 11 is, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. That's fresh. Matthew 4, 4 is, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not precedes. But the Bible's still true. So man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's life. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So the living now word of the Lord, which doesn't contradict what he said. So he never, when he speaks, and our words and our prophecy, and it's all subject and submitted to what he said. The word of God doesn't change. It's, or it's, it's in uh, Timothy. It's, wow, Tim, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. I forgot it. But it's, it's pretty much saying that the Bible's true. Um, all scripture is God breathed. Yeah, that one. Um, wow. Come on, Justin. Pull your head in. Um, so give us this day our daily bread. That's fresh. That's now. Every word that proceeds, that's fresh. That's now. So we want to be people that through all the mess and through all the junk and through all the stuff that doesn't look like everything that he said it can look like, we want to be present to the current voice of God. Because the current voice of the Lord, it brings peace. Like your mum's words, your dad's words, your auntie, uncle, someone close to you, their words of encouragement. Something happens when someone speaks to you when you're going through it, when you're believing for something. Everything doesn't have to be a mess, but just in life, you hear stuff that might not affect you personally, but it's heavy. So his voice in that, is important but often we won't be able to recognize his voice in it if we don't actually know what he's already said because hebrews 4 12 it says that the word of god is living and active it's powerful it's sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow and it judges the attitudes and the thoughts of the heart no one can hide from it 
It sees motive. It sees. It's powerful. Colossians 3.16 says, And let the word of God dwell in you richly. So we understand the word of God is powerful and active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword penetrates even joints and marrow, soul and spirit. Like it's beyond our soul. It's beyond our body. It, it, it goes in to our spirit. When we understand that, we understand that we can have the word of God dwell in us richly. Then we start to learn what he's like. Because when we learn what he's like, connection can come. It's that peace through fruit of trust is peace cool peace we want peace but we've got to get trust and trust happens through a consistent behavior over a period of time trust comes from connection but connection comes from knowing his voice and knowing his word we can't know his voice unless we know his word because his word is holding all things together his word is holding all things together all things are held together by the word of his power. Huh. Hebrews, maybe. <laughs> so we've got to know what he said, but we can't just camp in what he's said because then we'll just pull out scriptures and start shooting and it's not what he's saying. So this is where Holy Spirit comes in, his presence, his voice, his word, his presence. We can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Because people can read it and start quoting stuff that makes sense and kills people, hurts people, burdens people. So the, that's religion. You grab, you grab principles without presence and, and, and force people into living that way. Where presence over principles is much nicer. <laughs> Which is what he's about. He, he's about presence over principles. He's about presence over performance. He's about presence over production. So his presence, his word, and his voice. But we've got to know what he said. We can't move on from the Bible being the standard. We can't move, we don't move on. We don't graduate from the word of God being the standard of who he is and what he's about. Apart from it, we can't actually define God or articulate him. It articulates who he is perfectly, his character and his nature. And then we are invited into experience what we've read. That's the point of the Bible, to lead us into an encounter with the author. Because Jesus said, hey, you guys, Pharisees, hypocrites. Means actor. Means actor. Hypocrite means actor. You're acting. You're faking. You're putting it on. You, you... Nah, before that. Huh? Pharisees. Pharisees. Come on, come on. Where was I? <laughs> presence. <laughs> you quote the first thing I said today. Um, presence, word, voice. Yes, great. Excellent. Yeah, we can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. We can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit because if we don't, we're not having the current voice of the Lord. We're just quoting what he's said. And what he said is always true. But what I was talking about, Stephen, it, like, like it's which one when. Because it, it's true. Actually, some stuff's not true anymore. 
like your heart's wicked, no longer true. So we've got to be really careful when we read the word. Mm. If you don't know what he's said, then you're not going to know what he's saying and you need constant encouragement around who you are because you're filtering your life often through you at your worst. So you need constant encouragement and if you still think your heart's wicked, then what he's saying is going to line up with what you think he said. Now he did say it, but it's no longer true because of the cross. He's given you a new heart. It's a big deal. And we're on this journey of all the stuff of allowing him in more to work in us, to build us, and for us to become like Jesus, to think, live, and love like Jesus. He's perfect theology. He is the standard. And he's inviting us into knowing what he's said, knowing what he's said so that we can know what he's saying. That's how we allow God to build us, how we allow God to work in us, letting the word of God dwell in us richly, understanding that his word is holding all things together, that his list of promises, that his list of who he is, who he wants to be for us and to us, and then his presence, who is the spirit of truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And his, one of his job titles is to guide us into all truth so it's not on our own to try and guide ourselves into truth and learn more and to study more so we know what he's said and then we can know what he's saying but the presence of God God the Holy Spirit is in it all and he's grabbing what he's said and he's guiding us into truth and revealing what he's saying the presence of God. Jump up. That'd be radical. Really good. So it's like, yeah, God, I want you to build me. I want you to work in me. We've been talking about that. Because the work that he's doing, it's in me. Like, it's, it's in us. I was just thinking about the, the in us part. Like everything, everything that we face in life, it all comes back to in us. I was just thinking even like, I thought this, like shooting three seconds left on the clock and you're kicking for goal and you score and you win. Now it's a physical act but it's not about the physical act, even though it is about the physical act, because if you don't do the physical act, then the emotion and the passion, the enjoyment and the thrill can't happen. But ultimately, the whole point and purpose of wanting to win comes back to what's happening in me. The celebration, it's not about the clapping, the physical clapping of your hands, it's about the, the thrill of the heart and the soul and the emotions which is in you. It's like being, if you were paralyzed, it is about the physical act because you can't walk. But it's deeper than that because you not being able to walk 
goes deeper into areas of life that bring joy, passion, peace, a whole bunch of stuff. It affects you on another level. It affects you physically, but it's deeper. It's bigger. It's wider. It affects your inner world. So it's the inner world that is the most significant thing in our life. And it's the part that no one sees. It's the part that no one sees. Now we, we see glimpses and elements and parts of it through your choices and decisions and actions and words and prayers and encouragement and stepping out and your life reveals parts of it. But we can't sum you up completely by just what we see. There is way more. There is way more to you. Your character and your personality and your temperament and your nature is in you. And this is the part that he, he is celebrating who you are. He's celebrating your humanity. He's celebrating weaknesses. Oh, that... No, he is. Not sin. Not anti-him. But our humanity. Because Paul said, I'm learning... Not, this is Justin's translation. I'm learning not to just stuff it all down and try and be super spiritual and have it all sorted. I'm actually now learning to celebrate in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. And the Passion Translation says, when I get to the point of acknowledging my weakness, my weakness is no longer a hindrance. It now becomes a portal for God's power. which seems conflicting because again, in the neural pathways of church, we've got to get it all together and be someone that we're not, which is what? Acting. So we put a mask on trying to be Jesus, which is the goal, but we're going around it the wrong way via performance and doing instead of being with him. Instead of being with Jesus and saying, you know what? I've just got to get to a point of prioritizing time with Jesus so that connection comes. So I'm not following from a distance and just wondering why things aren't working. Because things can work even when they're not working. Things can feel like you're sweet even with chaos around you. Because peace, His peace is in the middle of chaos. So you can feel full hope, full joy, full peace and still really upset and angry and frustrated and feeling hurt and pain, but still feel rest and still feel peace and still feel hope. And it doesn't make sense, but much doesn't. The kingdom doesn't make sense. Jesus it's his kindness that leads us to repentance we've messed this word up 
we think it means I'm sorry. It doesn't. The Greek word is metanoia, and it means to change the way that you think. There's remorse in the word, but the remorse is not condemnation, it's conviction. And, it, and true repentance changes behavior. So the fruit of repentance is behavioral change, but not out of works and striving and performance. It's out of rest and peace. So his, his, his kindness, which is the word grace, charis, it's interchangeable, kindness, favor, grace. Grace is release, which is kindness, the kindness of the Father. Love is patient, love is kind, is released. Why? Because he wants you to think like him. He wants you to love like him and he wants you to live like him because we want to be like Jesus. He foreknew you to be conformed into the image of his son, not just positionally, but in real life, reality. So my positional stance of being a son and daughter of God, saved, redeemed, anointed, favored, right now, needs to show up in my everyday life. So that's what he's called me into, experiencing him, so that all of that shows up in my life. And how is all that happening? How do, I, how do I allow him to build me? How do I allow him to work in me? It's ongoing repentance, which is not, you better repent for that. No, that, that's not grammar. That's not kingdom grammar. You, oh, I've got to repent for that. It's not, it's not grammar. It's not, it shouldn't be in that sentence. But we ex- exchange the word repent for sorry. It's really important. Oh, I've got to repent for that. No, it's not even a sentence. Shouldn't say that. So I need to spend time with God as a son, understanding that Jesus was human and experienced everything that I've experienced. So he knows what I'm going through. Hebrews 4.15, after that 12 Bibles living and active, sharp in any double-edged sword, it goes down, it says, he empathizes with us in our weakness because we've got the high priest that went through the veil and he was human and he empathizes with us we can approach the throne of grace with boldness so it's not i'm sorry no no it's god i need to spend time with you understanding that you jesus know what i'm because you became man and you've invited me to encounter you not just the pages because jesus said you guys think the scriptures lead to eternal life no no they point to me so then we get into this place of this continual encounter with the Lord and we're bridging the gap. What gap are we bridging? The way that he thinks and the way that we think. Now, positionally, we're righteous, sinful nature, bye-bye. Romans 5, 6, 7, 8. Read them. Now. You can't read Romans 7 without 5 and 6. If you read 7 on its own, it makes sense and confirms the sinful nature. Five and six and eight sandwich seven and it makes sense. It's a big deal. Ongoing repentance. We have an encounter with him. We're praying, bridging the gap. Why are we bridging the gap? Because we're changing the way that we think. Repentance is changing the way that we think. And then we get to a point of like, oh, oh what I'm doing hurts your heart. 
and it's hurting me. Help me. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in. And sit in it. Sit in it. This is how I'm feeling. I don't want to do that or think that or be that. Feedback from the Lord. We need it from people and we need it from the Lord. And then we get to go, I welcome you. In. Show me. Show me who I am. Again, not striving. I've got to do this or be that. Or Show me who I am. Show me how you see me. Remind me of who I am and remind me of how you see me. And we get to ponder what the Lord's like in that thing. And we, we invite him in. Help me, help me grow. Help me change. There's some caterpillar areas in my life that I know I need metamorphosis in. I'm saved. I'm a son and a daughter that doesn't change positionally. I'm righteous. I can access the Father. But in reality, some areas still needing some work because there's some patterns and habits and pathways that are locked into old thinking. Can we stand to our feet? Jesus.